0: With Hashem's assistance, we are learning about B'Kamadath Manvav, page 46. We begin on the second line. says, So we said on the mission that he holds, his shita is that the only way to protect yourself from any kind of damage is from your animal causing damage is only if you have a knife you take the knife you put it to the animal's throat otherwise it doesn't matter if you do the best watching you put up the strongest wall in front of it if it goes out and causes damage you're going to have an obligation rabbi, my time at the Rabbi Lazar rabbi says what's the reasoning of Rabbi Lazar why does he say this Damar because he learns it out from the verse that says in regard to an animal which is gored three times it says if it becomes clear that it's gored three times and the owners did not watch it so then there's an obligation to pay. So he learns, these words that mean, and he doesn't watch it, to mean, shuven that not only didn't they watch it, you can't watch it, there's no way to watch it, there's always going to be an obligation to pay. That's how Rabbah understands Rebbe le'abai, so says to him, if that's the case, that's how you understand the verse, that when it says, which literally means, he didn't watch it, if you understand to mean, that there's no way to watch it, so we have a problem, because we have a verse that says it's false, in regards to a bore, in regards to a pit, it says, if you didn't cover it, so there's an obligation to pay. Nami, we should also say over well, there that there's no way to cover it properly, and there will be an obligation no matter, even if you covered it. And If you want to say that it's true, perhaps that no matter what I do, if my if my boo or my pit causes damage, even if I covered it, I have an obligation to pay. It's not true. But now we have a mission that says not that way. If someone covered up the pit properly, and then a, then a, an ox or a mule fell into there, an animal died. Potter, there's an no obligation on the person who owns that pit. Allah, rabbiye. so Abbai says you can't learn it out that way when it says when it says it doesn't mean that there's no way to watch it and there's no way to cover it. But it means simply what it says. But rather he learns it out as follows Hanatama the Rabbi because the time we have a brisa that will explain to us the to the opinion of Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Nasan in the Rabbi Nasan says, How do we know that a person is not allowed to have a vicious dog in his house, and you can't have a ladder, which is a dangerous ladder that someone could easily fall and get killed? we learn that out from the verse that it says in regards to putting up a fence around one's roof the reason that you have to do it is to prevent anyone from accidentally dying so so too just like over there the verse is telling us you're not to keep this animal inside of your house because it's a dangerous animal it could cause death so too over here when it says it shouldn't be kept the animal that can be causing some kind of death or a gorn can cause some kind of damage so that's the sheet of Rabbi Lazar who holds that no matter what you can't keep it around if it's possible it's going to cause damage and therefore if you did so there's going to be an obligation even if you did a proper watching we will return to you chapter we begin the next Mishnah in the next chapter The if we have an ox that causes damage like Gore's account. And then when we look after the scene, so, so besides for the cow being dead, but there's also a calf that this cow had been pregnant with, it's also lying there dead as well. It's not clear if this calf was born before the damage was caused or after. If it was born after, so that means it died as a result of the goring. If it was born before, so then it died on its own, it was a stillborn. So what do you do? So in regards to the cow, so it's clear that that damage was caused by the ox, you pay half damages just like any other case. But in regards to the calf, since so it's not clear if the damage was caused by the ox or not, so you split the half damages and you pay just a quarter. Also in regards to the cow. say so we have a cow that caused damage to an ox. And then afterwards we look at the scene and we see that there's a calf that's now next to its mother that just gored. And it's not clear if the calf was born before or after. The difference will be if the calf was involved in the damage. Because if it was not born until afterwards, so then the calf was also involved in the damage. It was part of its mother. So in such a case where it's not clear what's with the child, so you you pay the half damages from the mother cow, which caused the damage, or vlad, and you pay the quarter a quarter damages from the child, the calf, because it may have been involved as well. We begin the Gemara. of says in the name of Zudir This is what said that they split up if the calf got killed. So we said that they split up the value. He only gives a quarter of the damages, the person who caused the damage. So this is the words of Sumchus, Amar Maman Hamoto Basafek, who says that in regards to any money or value, which it's unclear, it's a doubt to the courts, what the halacha is, what's going to be the psaq in regards to this thing, Cholkin, he said that they split it. But the sages would say in this case, Zekla Galabadin, that there's a gen, General rule, a great general rule in regards to the law, that someone who's making the claim, so the burden of proof is upon him. So, according to the rabbis, according to the sages, so in fact, they wouldn't split this money, but rather the person who got damaged would have to prove that in fact his calf had gotten damaged by this ox in order to collect anything. Now, the Gemara wants to understand the statement of the sages. Why do they have to say this is a great general rule in regards to the law? What is that coming to teach us? It sounds like it's coming to add on to something we wouldn't have ordinarily thought. Even if the person who got damaged says, I am positive that my animal got damaged. And the person who caused the damage is saying, Well, I'm not sure. I don't think so, but I'm not really sure. Despite the fact that the person who caused the damage is not sure, and the person who got damaged is positive, Right. we still would apply this concept that the person who's saying he's making a claim the burden of proof would be upon him he would have to prove that in fact the animal his animal got damaged even though he's positive so he still has to prove it in order to get any money <laughs> like the following that was said in an Amaritic statement <laughs> if someone sells an ox to his friend and it turns out he doesn't know this but the person who bought it finds out later on that the animal was a goring animal it had gored before it's a, a little bit of a wild animal. So Rav says that there's a mistaken sale. The sale is invalid because the person wouldn't have bought it if he would have known. Shmuel says, no, it's a valid sale because the person who sold it can always say, listen, I sold it to you for slaughtering. I didn't know that you were planning to use it to plow your field or what other, whatever other purpose you were planning to use it for. I wasn't aware of that. And as far as slaughtering is concerned, it doesn't matter if the animal is a nagchan, if it's a goring animal, just kill it. And There's no more worry when it comes to. when it comes to the fact that it's a goring animal. So Mar says, hold on, why is this? What are they, what's the discussion here between Rav and Shmuel, let's see what kind of guy we're talking about. If it's a guy that usually sells animals in order to be used for plowing or whatever other purpose there is, so then fine, we know that that's what it was for. And if it's a guy who usually sells it in order for it to be slaughtered, so then we know. In other words, What does this guy usually do? Why can't we figure it out? Gomer says, no, we need it. We're talking about a person or usually sells for different purposes for both purposes and therefore we can't tell well let's see how much money exchanged hands because the amount of money that a person pays if he's going to use it for plowing is significantly greater than the amount of money that a person would pay if he's going to slaughter the animal so let's just see how much money had, had, had passed between the two people the answers, like, it's talking about a case where you can't tell because the, the value of slaughtered meat has gone up to the point where it's exactly the same a person would pay the same amount Amount to buy an ox to slaughter as he would pay to buy an ox in order to use it for plowing or other purposes. Amri, we say as follows. We turn to Memvav, base page 46b. What's the case? If the guy doesn't have any money to pay with, right? You bought it from him, and now he's spent the money already. He has nothing to pay with. So you should take the ox, the person who made the the mekach, the person who bought it, and is claiming that it was a mekach toast, it was a mistaken sale, just take the ox. The amri inshi, because as people say, there's a folk saying, from the person who owes you money, paria Take whatever you can get. If the guy doesn't have money, and he's willing to offer you a barrel of wheat, that's not such high quality wheat, but it has that value of the amount of money that he owes you. Take whatever you can get. So, here too, just take the ox if that's all he has. Leitzviches, says, No, we do need it. Deikelishtalumimine, that the fa- in fact the guy has money to pay with. Ravamar is a mekachto. So, Rav says that in such a case, it's a mekachto, it's a mistaken sale, the sale is invalid. Zildbus and so you go after the general populace. Most people, when they're buying an animal, they're not buying it in order to slaughter it, but rather they buying it in order to make a utilitarian use out of the animal, to plow. Or whatever it is. Amar says no. He can say to them, "Listen, I sold it to you in order to slaughter it." And Shmuel says, "We don't go after the majority of people. what Most people are buying it for." The only place that we find, according to Shmuel, that we go after the majority is only in regards to something which is of a forbidden nature. For example, let's say you have a piece of meat. You're not sure if it's kosher or not kosher. And of course, in a question like this, you have to ask a rabbi who understands the details, the intricacies of these halakha but in any event just for, to understand what this concept is, but in general we go after, when it comes to something which is forbidden like a piece of meat, so you go after what the general thing is, the the majority of things are, when it comes to something which is a monetary issue so then we don't go after the general majority rather the person who's making the claim, he has to prove, so in this case he would have to prove that in fact, he did indeed buy it, not for slaughtering, but rather for plowing now the bottom line of this whole thing, is that we're Coming to explain why did the sages say when they said in the in the of the mishnah that that there's a great general rule in regards to the law it's coming to include that even in this case they would say their halach like shmuel that hamotz haraya the person who is making the claim has to bring the the proof the burden of proof is upon him even though he bought something and there was a mistake he has to prove that indeed there was a mistake even in that case. The Gemara now brings a proof to the original statement of the Gemara, which was of in the name of Shemuel, where he said that the Mishnah, when it said that you have to split up the value of the damages of the calf, so that was Sumchus, but the, the sages would say that, no, you don't split it up. The person who's making the claim, he's the one who has to prove it. If he doesn't prove it, he doesn't get anything. So we have a Bryson that showed that this is in fact true if you have an ox that causes damage to a cow and we find the calf next to it it's not clear if the animal miscarried because of the goring or if it miscarried before so Sumcha so, says that you pay half damages in regards to the cow and only a quarter damages in regards to the, to the calf but here's the kicker the sages say the person who's making the claim so he's the one who has to prove it so the person who caused the damage until it's for sure clear that the damage was caused indeed to the to the calf, there's no obligation for him to pay. How do we know this concept that that the sages say, which is that the person who's making the claim, he's the one who has to prove it? We have a verse. Who is the one who's bringing the matter? Who is the matter? Because It's coming because of him? He comes, he brings his matter in front of the court. What we learn from this is that he's the one who has to bring his proofs in front of the court court. court. So that shows that the one who's making the claim has to bring the proof. Maskavla Ravashi Ashi asks a question. Halam Kra, why do we need a verse for this? Sfarahu, It actually makes sense. It's logical. We don't need a verse if it's something that's logical. De Keiva, Asya. The one who's got the pains, he's the one who goes to the hospital. Meaning if someone's making a claim, so he's the one who has to prove it. He's the one bringing the whole business into court, so obviously he's the one who has to bring the proof. look at the So rather the, the Pasik is coming to teach us something different. Like the statement of Rav and Rabba in the name of Rabba because he said this fala how do we know that if we have two claims we have Ruven is coming and saying that Shimon owes him money now Shimon counterclaims and says listen actually well it might be true that I owe Ruvain money but Ruven actually took my couch and I want my couch back so now we have two claims so how do we know that we go with the first claim we discuss and we deal with the first claim first As the verse says who is the one that started the matter he will bring the matter in front of the courts the one who started the matter is the one who brings his matter first to them. That's what we learn from this verse. It was stated by the sages of Naharda. There are actually times where the person who was the second person to make the claim, for example, Reuven is the one that claims first that Shimon owes him money. Shimon claims now that he has my couch. So, But there are times that we will actually deal with the couch issue first. The hechidami what's the case? The Kozili that The person, Shimon, who's claiming that he has my couch, so the couch is going to go down in value. He has somebody who's ready to pay top dollar for that couch today. And the person is going back to his homeland tomorrow, and he's not going to be around to buy the thing. So if we don't deal with getting the couch back first, so then he's going to lose out a tremendous amount of money. So then we deal with the second claim first, and we'll go back to the first claim afterwards. Continue. We said in the Mishnah that if you have a cow that causes damage to an ox and then it becomes unclear if the calf which is born next to it and standing right next to the cow whether the calf was involved in the damage or not So we said in the Mishnah that you pay half the damages from the cow and a quarter of the damages from the calf because you basically split what you would have otherwise have been, it would have been necessary to pay from the calf Now the Gemara says, What's going on? You have a half damage and a quarter of a damage that you're paying. One from the cow, one from the calf. All you have to pay is half the damages. What are you paying three quarters of the damages for? There's no such thing. We never find that you pay three quarters of the damages. Half the damages from the cow, a quarter of the damages from the calf, it doesn't make sense. I'm um, rabbi, so by says, nezak, what do we mean when we say half the damages from the cow? Echad it means half of the half. So you're paying, paying really a quarter from the cow. And the quarter that we're talking about in regards to the calf, Echad it means half, I'm sorry, a quarter of the half, which is an eighth. Now, para uvlad if we're talking about a cow, and a calf that both belong to one person. So then, the owner of the ox that got damaged can say to the owner of the cow that caused the damage: No matter what, don't tell me who is the one that caused the damage. The calf was involved. Give me my half damages and take it out of your cow. It doesn't matter to me where it comes from. No, rather, where do we need it for? Where, do we, where can we talk about that? Half of it is coming from the cow. Quarter of it is coming from the calf. Meaning, he only pays three quarters of the half damage. The is we're talking about where. There's the cow belongs to one person and the calf belongs to another person. For example, let's say I own this cow which was pregnant and then I sell you the cow except for the calf. I want to retain ownership of the calf. So now I own the calf after it's born and you own the cow. So we eat the tchila. So now what's the case? If the case is where the person who got damaged is coming to the owner of the cow and saying to him, first he comes to him first and says to him, you owe me money. So then the person can indeed say the person who got Damage, you can say to the owner of the cow, listen, I don't know. All I know is that your cow was involved. Prove to me that there was any kind of partner involved, and then I'll go collect from him as well. You have to pay, as far as I'm concerned, the, ha- the full half damages. But the case is where we're talking about that there's only three quarters of the half damage that's going to be paid is where first he went to the person who owns the calf. So now the owner of the cow can say to the person who's got damaged, You have already shown that you admit that you know that I have a partner. Therefore, All that's going to be able to be collected is three quarters of the half damages. That those who say, Even if the guy went, the person who got damaged, first goes to the owner of the cow, he still can push him away and say, You can say, listen, you and I both know, that I, have a, that I have someone who is along with me, the owner of the calf, and therefore you can't get the full head damages from me, all you're going to end up with is a half of the half from me, and a quarter of the half from the owner of the calf. Amr Ravah. Ravah challenges this whole statement. Does it say anywhere in the Mishnah anything about a quarter and an eighth of the damages? You're saying that we, when we say a half of the damages, it means half of the half, and when we say a quarter, it means a quarter of the half. So that ends up being a quarter and an eighth. It doesn't say that in the Mishnah. It says half damages and a quarter damages. El Amar Ravah. So Ravah gives a whole different understanding. Really, I'll tell you, we're talking about a cow and a calf that belongs to one person this is what we mean if you have the cow in front of you so you pay half the damages from that cow under the top of Mem my Al page 47a less a lipara but if the cow is not in front of us mishtalman revya nezeg mi vlad so all you can get is a quarter of the damages out of the calf if for whatever reason the cow is not around time of the layah so now the Gemara points something out very interesting according to Rabbi. the only reason is because we don't know yihava vlad we don't know whether or not the calf was inside of the mother cow or not when it caused the damage but according to Rabbi if it would be obvious to us if we knew the half of that the calf was inside of the mother when it caused the damage Vlad, you would in fact pay if the mother cow was not around, you would in fact pay the full half damages from the from the calf. So this statement is Rava according to his own reasoning. rava Rav says elsewhere, That if you have a cat that causes damage, you can collect from its calf, My time because the calf, as long as it's inside of the mother, it's considered a part of the mother's body.